1: The following podcast contains explicit language.
0: I tell you what, he's a lot more obsessed with me than I am with him. If Donald is the nominee, Hillary wins and she wins by double digits.
2: If you're a Hillary supporter, you're rooting for Donald.
0: Obfuscate the real problems facing our society and find somebody you can blame. That's what demagoguery is about.
1: Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who just accused Hillary Clinton of cheating on her husband, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Seriously, he said that at the deranged rally he held Saturday night in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. I don't even think she's loyal to Bill if you want to know the truth, Trump said. And really, folks, really, why should she be, right? Why should she be? Then Trump imitated Hillary Clinton's stumbling because of her pneumonia. Then he suggested that his white supporters should watch for election cheating in certain areas, i.e. places where black people live. This guy is still looking for the bottom, and he may never find it. Trump's latest disgusting misbehavior coincided with the publication of part of his 1995 tax returns in the New York Times. Three pages from that return, which were mailed anonymously to a reporter at the paper showed that Trump declared a loss that year of $916 million, which means he could have avoided paying any federal income taxes at all for 18 years. This was a brave story for the Times to do. You risk prison time for publishing somebody's tax returns. And this is a chance the New York Times editors and writers are willing to take because they believe this information is so fundamentally in the public interest that the First Amendment protects them. If Trump loses on November 8th, I think we'll have the New York Times and the Washington Post to thank more than any other news organizations. Both of them have been exposing Trump in a judicious, methodical way that leaves him standing naked in the public square. You know who we're not going to thank? CNN. Through the Republican primaries, CNN gave Trump bottomless, uncritical exposure. Since then, it's been the epitome of false balance, giving equal time to Trump's ridiculous henchpeople. While most of CNN's correspondents have done a conscientious job, the network clearly doesn't feel the kind of public responsibility that the New York Times and the Washington Post do. And why is that? I'd say it's mostly because of a guy called Jeff Zucker, who has benefited more than anybody else in media by promoting Donald Trump. And now someone has finally called Zucker out, I'll talk to Margaret Sullivan, the media critic of the Washington Post, right after we do the tweets.
2: Wow. Crooked Hillary was duped and used by my worst Miss Universe. Hillary floated her as an angel without checking her past, which is terrible. Using Alicia M. in the debate as a paragon of virtue just shows that Crooked Hillary suffers from bad judgment. Hillary was set up by a con. Did Crooked Hillary help disgusting... Check out the sex tape. End past. Alicia M. become a U.S. citizen so she could use her in the debate. The people are really smart in canceling subscriptions to the Dallas and Arizona papers and now USA Today will lose readers the people get it any time you see a story about me or my campaign saying sources said do not believe it there are no sources they are just made up lies
1: My guest today is Margaret Sullivan. She's the Washington Post media columnist. Before that, she was the New York Times public editor, and she was the editor-in-chief of the Buffalo News way back. Margaret, thanks for joining me on the show. It's great to be on your show, Jacob. So I was dying for somebody to write this story about Jeff Zucker, and I was wondering who, if anyone, would have the guts to do it. Thank you for finally doing it.
0: Well, thanks for saying that. It did um, seem to take a little bit of intestinal fortitude on my part to do it. I've been, I've been thinking about it for a little while, and then somehow the pieces came together. I heard uh, Ken Lair at this CUNY session in which he was interviewed on stage by Ken Aletta, and some of his comments about it actually propelled me to to really sit down and try to connect the dots and put the pieces together.
1: Ken Lehrer, a co-founder of the Huffington Post, and Ken Oletta, a media writer for The New Yorker. That's just right. Just to clue our readers in a, a little further. And to uh, just to set the, set the stage a little bit, I mean, not everybody necessarily knows who Jeff Zucker is. Who is Jeff Zucker?
0: Well, Jeff Zucker is a very prominent media executive who um, – Was for many years, a number of years at NBC, first as the head of the entertainment division and then ultimately as the head of the entire network operation. These days, he is the president of CNN worldwide. So he is the head honcho at CNN. Uh, So,
1: Margaret, you write, twice Zucker made Trump a winner and twice Trump made Zucker a winner. I assume once is at NBC and once is at CNN. Let's Let's take those in turn.
0: Okay. So when Zucker was the head of entertainment at NBC, it was the very beginning of the reality show The Apprentice. And uh, Trump was one of those who was involved and others, but Zucker certainly prominently saw in Trump what Trump later would come to call the ratings machine. In other words, that Trump could drive ratings, that he was a, you know, very compelling TV figure. And Zucker went big in terms of making Trump a reality TV star. Then, you know, The Celebrity Apprentice came along. Also still at NBC, Zucker proposed that NBC cover Trump's and uh, Melania's uh wedding live, which Trump actually turned down, which seems somewhat puzzling uh, <laughs> since he, he seems to like that kind of thing. But he he didn't go along with that idea. But just the idea that they would want to do it live. He was very interested in using Trump as a way to drive high ratings and in fact he was very successful so they had a sort of symbiotic mutually supportive or mutually uh, agreeable relationship in which trump could drive the ratings and uh, zucker was making trump into a bigger and bigger star
1: so so hang on there just for a second so up to that point it's a little hard to to fault jeff zucker i mean he's an entertainment executive this is this is an entertainment show he is a byproduct of it is making trump a huge celebrity, but he was kind of doing his job the way it should be done in doing that, right?
0: That's right. I actually don't fault Zucker at all in that phase at NBC because as you say, this was entertainment. There was no public good here. There was no particular public interest. That's for sure if you've seen the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. But there was no public interest issue at stake. Um, This was pure entertainment and so that's fine. But it was later. When now Zucker's at CNN, Trump is, you know, involved in the massive uh, Republican primary, and now Zucker knows that Trump can drive ratings. And many others have found this out too, of course. But uh, CNN was, you know, really well rolled out the welcome mat for Trump and was broadcasting his rallies live and his speeches live, and really in an unfiltered way that was of great benefit to Trump's campaign.
1: I'll quote what you say in the piece. You say CNN gave Trump astonishing amounts of free exposure in the Republican presidential primary, continually blasting out his speeches and rallies, often unfiltered and without critical fact-checking.
0: That's right. And this is something that Ken Lair said. He said he had really never seen anything like this before and that he he thought that it was a – strategic decision. He called it a programming decision. In other words, this was an effort, a clear effort to take advantage of the Trump mystique or whatever it is that causes the ratings to rise. And obviously, this was being done across across all media. But I think CNN was particularly, and I think I can use the word culpable appropriately. And for context here, CNN
1: before Jeff Zucker had been getting killed in the ratings it was being dwarfed by Fox and Zucker was brought in to juice it up and to do it using an essentially an entertainment strategy less news more entertainment right
0: That's right. I mean, you know, cable uh, news is in trouble, generally. I mean, very profitable at times, and it's very profitable right now. And we know that Fox, for example, you know, makes over a billion dollars a year. But it is an aging audience. And there have been, you know, certainly CNN was not doing well. And you're right, that Zucker was brought in to fix that. So this was Certainly played right into his hands. And what do you think? He was just going back to his old
1: playbook. You've got a star and you've got a star in the Republican primaries who's different from other people in politics because he's got this pre existing audience. He's always making news. People are always interested in him. And you just kind of keep the camera on him.
0: That's right. I mean, there were even times I remember that, you know, CNN would just show the empty podium, sort of, you know, waiting for Trump to <laughs> a- arrive. And it was waiting absolutely for Godot, weird. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, it was – I think it was – quite extreme. And, you know, obviously, I'm not the only one who has said this, uh, nor am I, you know, really the only one to connect these dots. But I, I do think that we're seeing now, you know, people are saying, well, you know, how could this have happened that someone like Donald Trump, you know, has become the Republican nominee and really, you know, has a shot at the presidency. And while I don't think Jeff Zucker is the only one that could be held responsible, he certainly seems to me to be someone that we need to take a hard look at.
1: And we don't think this was political, right? We don't – I don't know if we know anything about Jeff Zucker's politics, but there's no reason to think that he's politically an advocate for Donald Trump.
0: I don't think it was about anything except business, pure business. And that's okay up to a point, but CNN is not – just a business or it shouldn't be just a business any more than the Washington Post or the New York Times is just a business. It's also to some extent a public trust. There's something very important going on here, which is called journalism. <laughs> um, and so you know you have to you have to take that into consideration and be responsible.
1: Les Moonvis, who's the chairman of CBS, got a lot of flack back in March when he was talking about this the Trump phenomenon and he said it may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS.
0: That's right. I mean, that is about as blatant as it gets. And he actually said the words, the money's just rolling in. And so it's. he said, it's terrible to say, but keep it coming, Donald. Keep going.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is just sort of standard Marxist analysis. I mean, in the in the positive sense that it's just economic analysis. CNN is pursuing its economic self-interest in giving Trump extra attention. And that extra attention, of course, has helped to make his campaign viable early on.
0: You know, these things are all connected. I I think that Trump could have, could he have done this without Jeff Zucker and CNN? Probably. Was he helped a great deal? Absolutely.
1: Has anybody tried to do the financial analysis that is, how much more money will CNN make this year because of the kind of campaign it is with Trump Versus what it makes in excess profits during an ordinary presidential election year. Because even in an ordinary presidential election year, to the extent there is an ordinary presidential election year, it makes more than it does in an off year because of the higher rating.
0: Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that kind of analysis, but I can share a couple of interesting numbers that are somewhat related. One is that there's, I think the upshot at the New York Times did an analysis of how much free media you know, that some people would have paid for, Trump had received, and this is now some time ago, maybe, you know, a month or two ago, and it was it was close to $2 billion in essentially free advertising because it was, you know, again, rather unfiltered. So that's a number to look at. And the other thing to look at is that all three of the cable news networks are doing very, very well right now. And, you know, that is because of the attention, again, not just to Trump, but to this completely bizarre and fascinating election in which Trump has certainly been the driving force in terms of the ratings so Margaret what uh, saith Jeff
1: Zucker to this criticism
0: well I don't know because I tried to reach Zucker to talk about this a number of times and was told by a representative at CNN that he was not available on this so I gave them an idea of what I was what I was writing about. And, uh, you know, he didn't want to talk about it. But I've seen some quotes from him in other places. And he has said, you know, it's ridiculous to think that CNN has the power to create this kind of outcome, that they're really just, you know, they're just covering it like anyone else. And it doesn't, it's not up to them to have, you know, created a candidate. So I think he demurs from it. Let's
1: talk about a couple of other things. Jeff Zucker's done that have come in for criticism, particularly hiring Corey Lewandowski, Trump's former campaign manager, as an analyst. And has been pointed out repeatedly, Lewandowski's still been getting paid about Trump and is covered by a non-disclosure agreement. I mean, the idea that he can be an
0: analyst. And be in any way neutral or fair is preposterous. The Corey Lewandowski hire was outrageous from the start, even before we knew that he had a non-disclosure, And even before we knew that he was being paid by the campaign up until last week, you know, he had been the campaign's Trump's main guy to carry out his anti-press rights kinds of things in which he was Blacklisting news organizations, including BuzzFeed, including Politico, and including the Washington Post. This was, this was Corey's, you know, deal. And he also was accused, and I think with, with reason, of, you know, roughing up, I hope that's a a reasonable way to describe it, a woman named, a reporter whose name is Michelle Fields from Breitbart. You know, during one of the rallies, you know, he grabbed her. I mean, he did a lot of things that just wouldn't, it wouldn't cause you to say, here's the kind of guy we'd like to, (laughs) you know, here's the kind of guy we'd really like to hire and have as part of our campaign team.
1: Yeah, like maybe we could find someone on the right who
0: wasn't arrested for, for shoving a reporter. Exactly. But they, I think, felt that they wanted to have this balance. And I would think there would be plenty of other people who could represent that balance if, in fact, something like that is necessary. I mean, part of what happens is Trump is watching himself on TV all the
1: time. And if you're Jeff Zucker, let's be honest, Trump calls you up and yells at you. And he has his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, call you up and yell at you. And maybe you stand your ground and say, oh, I think we're, we're being fair. But it kind of has an effect when they're working the ref the whole time like that.
0: That's right. And I've, you know, I don't know that this is true, but I've also, uh, I've heard that, again, this goes back a few months, that Trump sort of would call Zucker directly and arrange for his interviews and appearances on CNN and you know I think it was uh, Joe Scarborough who said that he referred to him as his personal booker um <laughs> and while I you know I I don't know that myself I I think it's plausible so you know there's a there's a relationship there and I think there's a you know Buzzfeed has written stories that there's a there's a social relationship there too so it it blurs over from the strictly commercial the strictly entertainment into what is good for citizens of the United States as they're considering who to vote for in this important election. And I, you know, I don't mean to get all civics class on, on us here, but I think that's very important. And
1: the point is, as you, as you say, Jeff Zucker is still behaving in large measure like an entertainment executive and not someone responsible for bringing the news to the American public.
0: Well, if not like an entertainment executive, then certainly purely like a businessman. And I think there is a larger issue here, which has to do with actually journalism.
1: Trump is is uh, at least now unhappy with CNN. He calls it the Clinton News Network and he complains they're biased against him. Is that because CNN has adjusted in response to criticism or is it for other reasons?
0: CNN and I think other – Parts of the news media have toughened up in recent weeks, and CNN certainly has as well. As recently as just after Labor Day, Trump tweeted that CNN was, and I quote the word, unwatchable, and he actually said directly to Zucker in a tweet that he was something like a failure. He said he was, you know, he failed at NBC and he failed at CNN. So, you know, <laughs> this is, this is not sufficiently grateful, it seems to me, for what's been been done for him by Jeff Zucker.
1: You can't win with this guy. Uh, my guest today has been Margaret Sullivan. She's the Washington Post media columnist. Margaret, thank you for joining me on the show.
0: Thanks so much. This was fun.
1: That's it for today's show. Trumpcast was produced by Jason DeLeon. He thinks he's watching CNN, but he's not. Nobody told him that Larry King defected to RT, Russia Today. Slate's executive producer, Steve Lichtai, is a multitasker. He gets his news from those headlines they show you in the elevator. Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. He likes the news hour on PBS because he's really, really old. I thought Alec Baldwin did a pretty good job playing Trump on Saturday Night Live. But he couldn't hold a candle to John D. Domenico, our voice of Donald Trump. And have you left us a rating and comment in iTunes? You've got 35 more days before we're out of here. But first, we're going to be doing two live shows. The first is in Los Angeles, actually Anaheim, California, at the Now Hear This podcast festival on October 28th. It's actually a three-day festival with some of the best shows in podcasting, and you can get 25% off a three-day ticket that gets you into all of them. Go to NowHearThisFest.com and use the offer code TRUMPCAST for 25% off, and then on election night, I'm hosting a party with Mike Pesca of The Gist. It's going to be a variety show. We're going to have election returns, craft beers. It's going to be a lot of fun. And for tickets to that, go to slate.com slash live. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast.
2: For those few people knocking me for tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning, at least you know I will be there awake to answer the call.